I welcome you into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shoptoff, C70 at the bat, at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, Tara Wellman from Birds on the Black and at Tara Wellman on Twitter. If you follow Tara on Twitter, you may have found out that this was a little bit bigger week than just Cardinal Baseball for Tara. So being that this is her first chance to talk about it, Tara, how is your week? Uh, well, I keep blinding people with this ring on my finger, so it's pretty good, actually. (laughs) So you want to walk us through how this all happened? Uh, well, I met a guy. (laughs) How far back are we going here? No, it it is just a proposal, but you can go as far back as you want. It is funny because as some people who have followed me for a while will know, uh, the series Steve hashtag started gosh, back at the beginning of the year. And it was sort of a joke because this guy I was talking to, all of a sudden, Siri kept suggesting these events to be added to my calendar, like, you know, dinner at the aquarium in Chicago on a certain day at a certain time. And I have no idea where these things were coming from, um, you know, in terms of how was Siri generating these pieces of information and recommending it as a a date to put in my calendar. So it was sort of a joke at that point. Turns out Siri's quite the matchmaker. (laughs) And uh, on Monday, um, we were out on a lovely nature hike, exploring some caves that pop up out of nowhere in the middle of cornfields in the state of Iowa, which is totally a normal place you expect to find caves. And uh, it, it was quite, it, it's quite entertaining if I go through the long list. I won't, you know, recount it all here, but of things that I was sort of suspicious of that day. <laughs> and yet I was still completely caught off guard uh, when it happened. And, um, you know, I shared a picture on social media and a couple places that kind of the premise was before and after because the before picture he told me oh that's really pretty you should take a picture of that so i took a picture of it and then turned around he was on one knee did the whole Mm. thing i was freaking out i don't remember most of what happened for the next like 45 minutes (laughs) (laughs) i think at some point i said yes and then like what a thousand times so um you know, I, I, I sort of knew it was coming, didn't know when, even though I had my suspicions that day, and it still was a complete surprise. So uh, it all worked out. <laughs> Sounds like a very successful um, proposal then, obviously. Yes, any, yes. I guess any proposal that the answer is yes is probably a successful one. But True. Uh, overall, it, uh, a memorable one, maybe that may be the best way to put it. Yeah, so, certainly that. Very good. And um, everybody is... I'm so excited for you. I mean, not as excited as you are, but you know, as much as we can be from this distance. So uh, now you just get to do all the planning and I know that's probably fun for you as well. It hopefully will be right now. It seems incredibly overwhelming and stressful, uh, but I'm the kind of person that tends to see the big picture and get overwhelmed by all of it. And I just have to, you know, break it down a little bit. It's also a little weird, you know, with all the planning and and whatnot in a pandemic that no one knows when it's going to end. So uh, it's just to, you know, add a little extra pressure (laughs) to the planning process. Um, But yeah, you know, there are a lot of fun little pieces of that. I I know my mom's looking forward to helping with all of those things as as moms do. So um, yeah, it's it's a it's a large undertaking, but um, it's going to be a good one. So, looking forward to it. Well, to try to try to segue, the Cardinals also have an engagement now, and that is with the postseason. Indeed, that was fairly good. It was well done. It was well done. Um, Cardinals win. 
the series against the Brewers this weekend after not winning the series against the Royals. Um, Tara, the, the team goes into the postseason as the set, as what the fifth seed. They go play the Padres. This is, I don't think we would have picked this in the at the very beginning of August when the team had you know so many people on the COVID IL and and things just look so crazy, and yet here we are with what is typical Cardinal baseball playing in October. Yeah, there's so many pieces of how things fell into place today that I would not have predicted two weeks ago mm-hmm. in terms of the NL Central having four teams in the postseason. Remember when we were like, they're not going to get a wild card team. Sure enough, <laughs> <laughs> as it turns out. Um, yeah, there were a number of things that, that really happened in the last week that it was kind of funny looking at how many teams were fighting for those spots and then realizing these are all teams that are just hovering around Mm -hmm. 500 so it's not like they're you know spectacular levels of competition it's just who can last the longest in many regards but you know I think the same thing can be said about the Cardinals in terms of we had no idea what to even really expect first of all out of a 60 game season second of all after the significant delay and the the sort of fallout that has continued to happen since then so to have them back in the postseason even with this altered format that you know, say what you might about it. Uh, it's going to be interesting. There should be some chaos, which is always fun in the in the playoffs, as long as your team's not involved necessarily. <laughs> so we'll see how they fare. I mean, playing the Padres presents an interesting challenge, but the Cardinals have kind of played to the level of their competition all season. So maybe that works out in their favor and we see the best version of the Cardinals that we have all year. Yes, unfortunately, the Cardinals are going to have to face some old friends in the fact of Tommy Pham and Trevor Rosenthal. So um, some a little bit of divided loyalties, but hopefully, um, well, hopefully those guys have just a little bit of a rough couple of days and we don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, it's very, I mean, it is so 2020 that the fourth place team is now in the playoffs. Um, a team in the Brewers that have two games under 500 that, you know, in a in a normal season would have probably been, you know, afterthoughts a long time ago. And here they are with the, you know, with a good finishing kick um, playing in a best of three that, you know, sure they're going up against the Dodgers, but as we have seen, the Brewers can do enough. So you're right. Chaos is coming. Um, and, you know, it'd be almost kind of fitting if it was like three of the four national, like central teams moved on and, and everybody kind of scratched their head and wondered what the heck is happening. Yeah. And, you know, I, I said this about the Brewers and the Cardinals finishing up this week. I will say it again about the Brewers and the Dodgers. It's a weird matchup. And the Brewers are a confusing team in the sense that, first of all, a below 500 team in the postseason you certainly don't want to be the team that gets knocked out by them. (laughs) But they're also such a weird matchup because if they get good pitching from their starters, they have weapons in the bullpen that can shut it down and really shorten games. They haven't had much in the way of offense in any sort of consistent fashion, but it can explode on occasion. So Mm -hmm. if your starter has an off night and they score a bunch of runs and then they have Williams and Hayter at the back end, I mean, that's a, it's a, it's a confusing, Using team because they shouldn't 
be doing what they're doing <laughs> much of the time. And yet they're a bad matchup for a lot of teams that they might face. So the Dodgers have been far and away the best team, but that doesn't mean that they have the best night every night or that they they win every series. And this is a team coming in with nothing to lose in terms of the Brewers. I think the same thing can be said for the Reds coming in and playing in that series. Uh, that's Atlanta, I believe. The Reds yeah. uh, with Atlanta, which is a really interesting matchup for me, especially with the Reds uh, kind of coming into their own late in the season and the Braves being a team that everyone expected to be where they are. So with all of the NL Central teams, I really feel like they're the underdog in most of those series, perhaps not Cubs Marlins, but that is an interesting predicament as well because the Marlins are kind of pesky and they'll sneak up on you and win in ways that you're like, how did that happen? <laughs> so every one of these NL matchups in the first round is really intriguing to me in terms of, I don't know that any one of them is a given as far as who's going to walk away winning. Yeah, I said three, but uh, yeah, all four of the National League teams could, Central teams could move on. Um, and, and be the postseason after this first round, which would be um, just slightly insane, um, especially since yeah. <laughs> these teams have faced each other all the time uh-huh. this year. Uh, yeah, that Marlins-Cubs uh, series that I'm, I'm sure that uh, Mr. Bartman is not going to be attending that one since of the last mm-hmm. two times, those two teams together. Also, I think, I'm sure this, series, this fact has been running around, but the Marlins have never won their division and the only two times they've been in the postseason, they've won the World Series. So, a little bit of history on their yeah. side. I mean, if that continues, then that would be weird. And, and that kind of goes to something that I put out on Twitter just a little bit ago, though. You know, back in July, we're talking about how teams had to stay healthy in this year, that the best the teams that stayed healthy were going to be able to win. And yet, the Cardinals and the Marlins, who both got shut down for so long and then had to make up these games, are both in the postseason and they didn't just sneak in as that last wild card. They're a second place team and you know, the fifth and sixth seeds. Um, it's just kind of weird. I mean, again, everything is weird this year, but it's kind of remarkable how both of those teams were able to overcome just that little extra obstacles that they had. Yeah, that is really interesting. I hadn't necessarily thought about that because how many times did we hear the team that stays the healthiest is the team that's going to win? And in terms of the Marlins and the Cardinals, that wasn't necessarily the case, which I think makes it even more impressive that they were able to kind of fend off the uh, the exhaustion or the slumps or kind of just find a way to make it work with whatever players they had available to them on any given day and to do it as the Cardinals did and the Marlins to some extent but the Cardinals schedule is even more insane as far as the double headers that they played and the lack of off days and and all of that so to do that and to not be you know left out of the postseason because of those COVID situations is pretty remarkable just as far as thinking how did this how did we get here (laughs) but it does also you know leave uh it leaves um some room to think about they had to work that much harder just to get there perhaps Mm -hmm. so what does that mean they have left at this point and do you get two days off like the cardinals and then feel like you're able to reset and be ready for a game on Wednesday, or is there going to be some sort of continuing ripple effect? Um, and, you know, to some extent, you know, the team that stays the healthiest will win. Okay. Maybe not so much, but 
the team that can outlast everyone else, which I guess to some degree is true of every season, right? But, you know, just in terms of not getting taken out by the season to some degree, regardless of what those obstacles were. And that's sort of the situation the Cardinals are in now. So I, it'll be really interesting. I mean, <laughs> I said, I'm surprised no one's brought it up to, to remind me of it yet, but I said a couple, a couple weeks ago, a week and a half ago, I don't even know. Time is relative it at this point. No. Yeah. Um, but I said something to the effect of, uh, it's weird, but I almost want the Cardinals to miss the postseason because I don't want to watch this team in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I still, you know, stand by that. I don't think this is a, a team that I'm super excited about going into a series with the Padres or, you know, whatever might happen after that. But, um, you know, the reality is they're there. And I am curious to see what they have left at this point, because, man, just to get to where they are has been such an ordeal. And they've, you know, they've had to do things pretty differently. And they've had to do things. I heard the postgame interview today with Harrison Bader, who, by the way, that whole hitting the the canvas thing, maybe one of my favorite moments of the entire season. The fact that they let off that segment coming back out of a break, talked yeah. about the painting, talked about Fred Bird. The next thing that happened was a monster home run. I didn't even know Harrison Bader could hit it that far. No, no. And it hit the painting. Like the poetry of that <laughs> whole sequence might be my favorite moment of the entire season. But um, anyway, uh, in the postgame interview, uh, Danny Mac was asking him, you know, how weird is it going to be the the bubble and the quarantine and the whatever? First of all, the bubble doesn't start till after this opening round, which is weird, but nonetheless, mm-hmm. um, Harrison Bader's response was, well, this Cardinals team is pretty used to quarantine, so that's mm-hmm. not going to be very different for us, which I hadn't necessarily thought of in light of an advantage for them versus other teams, but they are, they're kind of used to this drill right now. And it's not necessarily ideal. Certainly it's not what they would like for it to be. Even the celebration had to be different, but they know how to do that day in and day out, which uh, at least they're, they're it's familiar territory for them at this point. Well, honestly for the Cardinals, even though major league baseball has taken out the travel days um, or it's like this is like a relaxing stretch of ball games. Yeah. There are no double headers. There is they have two days off in a row. <laughs> this is like what in the world? This is like starting the season over again. We've had so yeah. much rest. So I do. I mean, there is the the argument, and I think you, as you said, that they may not have a lot left because they had to make this run through this whole obstacle course of of double headers and game people getting hurt and and things of that nature. But there is an advantage of having to, to knowing how to pick yourself up and, and play the next day and not have to, you know, kind of find that, you know, those resources within you to, to get through it. Um, so, again, is that enough to beat the Padres? I don't know. The Cardinals have played to the level of their opponent. And if they get good pitching, they're as good as well as likely to win that series as anybody else. But, uh, you know, I think that we're to the point that if the Cardinals – lose their first two games to the Padres and go home. It's not great, but we, we understand and they got to the postseason and there's a little bit of uh, okay. And if they move on, that's great as well. I don't know that we as a team have a lot of, or as a fan base have a lot of expectation on this team. That being said, 
the last time they needed to win a game on the last day of the season against the Brewers to make sure they didn't play the next day on a, a regularly scheduled game that was, uh, you know, they needed to play if, if had to was 2006. So, you know, maybe there's a little karma there. Maybe so. Again, a little bit of history on their side, perhaps. <laughs> um, you know, hope. Yeah, you never know in the postseason. And that's the thing about this Cardinals team, even in what I was saying, I don't really want to watch this team in the playoffs because they're not that fun. Crazy things happen in the postseason and teams that look like they don't belong absolutely dominate that's what makes the brewers dodgers series so fascinating to me um so we've seen it happen before we see something of that nature most every year at least in one round of the playoffs and so this is a cardinals team that man the the flip side of that coin what do they have left is they've gone all summer feeling like they had something to prove and they proved it. And now they can almost go, we told you we were going to do it. So now we're going to do it. And maybe the pressure's off a little bit in terms of, okay, we got in. But now they can kind of just relax a little bit. I don't know. It, it feels like there could be some uh, some alleviation of the pressure that they were under just to get there. And maybe that helps loosen up the offense a little bit. Who knows? And what may help the offense more than anything is the fact that, as we saw this week, it feels like Dylan Carlson has finally arrived. At least yeah. it's maybe not to the level that we all expected, this rookie of the year level. There's still some some glitches in the road, but overall, he looked much better than he did before he was sent down for that 10 days or whatever to... I don't know if he ever went to Springfield. I have no idea. He went somewhere, cleared his head, got some training, got some instruction, and, and came back and has been hitting the ball very, very well since then. And and really, as the Cardinals move him up to the cleanup spot today, really kind of had laid a claim to that. He was taking the best at-bats maybe on the whole entire team. Yeah, and he looks totally different at this point. He looks like he's not afraid of the failure anymore. Mm -hmm. He looks like he doesn't have the weight of the world on his shoulders with every swing and you know he's not going to hit a home run in every at bat he's going to strike out with runners in scoring position those are all things that every player in major league baseball does but he doesn't look like he's completely overwhelmed by the moment anymore and that's what will make the difference for him we all know what his talent is we all know that you know he came up and even in that first stretch where he wasn't really hitting the ball at all uh for base hits he was still hitting he was making good contact and everybody was saying no look this kid's really good he's gonna be fine and then it just sort of snowballed for him a little mm. bit so he's looked like okay i'm not gonna worry so much about the results from at bat to at bat i'm just gonna do what i do and the results will follow and they have so if they get dylan carlson even in maybe a lesser form than he will be someday for this postseason run plus the addition of having dexter fowler back who was playing the best baseball he has in st louis before he ended up on the il for a bit those additions may be enough to they're not going to light the world on fire <laughs> offensively they just don't have that team right now unless you know something some sort of cardinals devil magic happens <laughs> in the postseason which it very well could um but those two guys are, are maybe more of an insurance policy than just hoping for some magic yeah yeah it will 
I mean, they're going to have to, I mean, they cannot win games if they don't score at least one run. Um, that's what the, they tell me. That's what I've heard. Yes. And so, <laughs> and the pitching staff is very, very good. Obviously this bullpen has been astound, uh, incredible, especially when you can put uh, Giovanni Gallegos and, and Genesis Cabrera and Alex Reyes at the end of a road at the end of a game. But the Cardinals did run into a little bit of injury problems this week with Carlos Martinez and John Gant being a little bit, uh, you know, I don't know that they've been on the IL. I don't know if they've been ruled out, but especially Carlos. Carlos is looking at the oblique. I, he's not coming. He's not pitching. Um, Gant, I haven't heard. But, you know, that's a little bit more of an obstacle because this team is going to win with pitching and defense. I mean, they're just not going to outslug people. Um, when you take away some weapons on that side of the equation, it's not a really great look. Yeah, I think the sort of silver lining on the Carlos Martinez front is that they've gone pretty much the entire season without him, mm. at least as far as a major contributing factor. So it's not as if there's this gaping hole now. I think Dakota Hudson going down and being out of the mix entirely is a little bit more noticeable of a gap simply because he was there for the duration the entire time, you know, up until what his last start. Mm. Uh, John Gant is a huge piece uh, if they have him back and healthy, he's an incredible weapon out of the bullpen that just gives them another look and another guy that they, you know, for the most part can depend on in any situation, whether it's high leverage or multiple innings. Um, so it's great that they've gotten the experience for Alex Reyes and Genesis Cabrera getting Giovanni Gallegos back, who looked fantastic in the the finale today is a great sign. Um, I think the Carlos Martinez situation to me is less of an impact, not because, let me put it this way, having Carlos Martinez back in like peak Carlos Martinez form mm -hmm. is a much bigger addition than having 2020 Carlos Martinez absent for the postseason would be simply because they got this far primarily without him. And so they aren't necessarily having to make up for something they haven't had uh or they haven't had to do all season i think i said that in a very confusing way but i think you get my point yeah i mean you're right they haven't it, they haven't had a good carlos martinez all year long i mean he hasn't gone over five innings except in the one start where they basically had to force him to because he was getting beat up but nobody else could go out there um he had an era close to 10 i mean it's it's not good do you think that the fact that we found out today Dakota Hudson is going to have Tommy John surgery, which pretty much if him out for all of 2021 and, and hopefully he'll be back to start 2022. Does that save Carlos Martinez on this team? Do you think? Because it feels like maybe these struggles would have, I don't know. I don't know that they could have gotten anything for him, but it makes me feel like maybe they would have tried. I don't know. I honestly don't know what the next chapter of the Carlos Martinez story is because while yes, he left the game with an oblique injury that's going to keep him out the rest of the year, he still wasn't great prior to that. However, I've been very careful to say of Jack Flaherty, I find it impossible to make any sort of intelligent analysis about what's wrong with Jack Flaherty just because of the nature of this season. So it's it's only fair that I apply that same logic to Carlos Martinez. Now, the difference is, in his case, 
this has been a bit of an ongoing struggle to get him back to that peak form, whether it's injury or usage as far as bullpen versus starter, that kind of conversation. So there is a little bit different history and context to the Carlos Martinez issue. But I would say the same thing, trying to analyze what Carlos Martinez can be in St. Louis or elsewhere based on a handful of starts after lengthy delays. And not only that, but he was in the hospital multiple times because of his struggle with COVID. We have no idea what the lingering effects of that might be on his ability to perform at his best. So to, for me, to make any sort of judgment about what he can or can't be at this point is a little bit foolish and incredibly unfair just based on the weirdness of this season. But I do think there is at some point going to be a limit for the Cardinals as far as how much they feel like they can kind of let this linger and turn into this thing where it's like, but someday, but someday, but someday. And, you know, we saw that with Alex Reyes for so many years, and now he's been a huge piece of this team. I don't know what that looks like for Carlos Martinez moving forward. And it's frustrating because he has kind of, you know, top of the rotation stuff, but he certainly doesn't have top of the rotation command or longevity right now. So what do you do with that moving forward? Well, first of all, you make sure he's healthy, not only the oblique, but again, any sort of the lingering issues from dealing with COVID. And then you kind of try to triangulate what you're pitching puzzle looks like for the next couple of seasons and go from there, which is when I stop trying because I don't have those answers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, looking forward, I mean, trying to figure out 2021 is crazy enough as it is. And, and again, don't wish that on anybody, much less John Moselock, but he's going to have to figure that out because you don't know when fans are coming back. You don't know how much you can spend. You don't know what you can trust from 2020s numbers. Um, but yeah, I mean, Carlos turned 29 this month. I mean, there comes a point where it, you can't bank on potential anymore. Um, again, I, you're right. I'm trying to figure, you can't say 2020, Carlos was terrible, got to get rid of him. But when you start factoring in the whole career, there are questions. I don't know that there, like you said, I don't know that there are answers right now. And um, I think that the Cardinals would be, best to you know keep him around exercise the options or whatever um but you know in part that's because there's no there can't be much value for him right now which is really hard to say because after the last you know even just even last off season you could have probably marketed him as a very good reliever i don't know that you could do that this year who knows and again i don't think they will especially with hudson going down but it's an interesting thing to discuss um so, uh, Cardinals, Padres, what's your guess? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I've had such a hard time. I mean, I, I'm never super comfortable with trying to make predictions simply because, especially in the postseason, man, things get so weird. And this has been such a weird year already. Like, I don't know how they get more weird, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm fully expecting that to happen. Um you know, my prediction on the radio the other day leading into this final series with the Brewers was that they make it happen, but just barely. And as it turns out, they made it happen, but just barely. So um, I, I guess that's sort of my feeling in, in light of this is that, you know, you have two teams 
where uh, particularly for the Padres, there's not a lot of experience as far as the postseason is concerned, but you also have a lot of Cardinals that don't have a ton of experience as far as the postseason is concerned. Now, there's more, I would say, of that veteran leadership like the Yadier Molinas and the Adam Wainwrights. And even Dexter Fowler has been there. Paul Goldschmidt, ha- to some degree, has been there. So there are people in those places. Matt Carpenter, of course. Um, so I think in in that sense, they may have the advantage of just not being overwhelmed by the moment. But I also think the Cardinals are clearly coming in as the underdog. I mean, the Padres have been kind of the story of the season in the National League, you know, kind of parallel to the White Sox in in the American League. Um, So the pressure is all on the Padres, I think, at this point, which could work in the Cardinals' favor. And like I said, they sort of have played to the level of their opponent most of the year. It's a three-game series, right? So mm-hmm. I, I don't know how they're going to set up their pitching staff. I don't know what those matchups are going to look like. Even I was talking today uh, about this possibility and looking at their pitching staff in San Diego and feeling like, okay, the actual numbers mean less to me than what their repertoire is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you've got like slider-heavy pitchers, I'm very concerned. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if you've got a, a sort of flamethrower guy that you feel like, oh, he's he's really impressive, that's usually the guy the Cardinals hit well. So how they line things up, how the Cardinals line things up, I, I don't I don't feel great about the Cardinals being able to match their offensive output, but I do feel better about the Cardinals and their pitching staff being able to at least, you know, limit the damage to some extent. Um, So, you know, probably what we're going to see in light of that is bad pitching and great offense just to throw (laughs) throw things uh, for a loop one more time this year. Yeah, I, I was on a radio show a couple years, a couple weeks ago where it was the day that uh, Sonny Gray and uh, KK were supposed to match up. But I said, well, you know, this should be a pitching duel, but, you know, it's baseball. It'll probably turn out to be 16 to 2, which I think is what, you know, you know sure enough. <laughs> that's baseball. The, the only way that the playoffs could be weird this year is if they were, you know, like perfectly normal and, you know, all the top mm, seeds win. True. And, yeah. You know, yeah. That's probably. <laughs> Probably no surprises whatsoever. Um, yeah, I, you're right. I mean, the, the Padres, you look at the names out there in the pitching staff and it's like, eh, okay. I mean, Clevenger, obviously somebody that stands out and we just, they're guys, I don't know that we've gotten a chance to see very much, which is always a problem for the Cardinals. Yeah, that's never good. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I think you appreciate what the Cardinals have um, and just be glad that they got this far. I know we're at 30 minutes, but we definitely have to at least make a mention. And I'm sure we'll spend a lot of the offseason talking about this. But last night, yesterday, last night, could have been the last time Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina had a regular season start at Bush Stadium, which, if that's the case, is a total travesty of justice because of the fact that there were no fans there to acknowledge the momentousness of the occasion. Right now, and again, like I said, I know we'll talk about it and we'll have some different information and all that, but right now, do you see them coming back next year? Uh, I I don't know. Is that enough of an answer? Um, No, it just, it's, it's hard to imagine a scenario where they, they would be somewhere else, Mm -hmm. but at some point, the Cardinals have to move on. <laughs> I just don't know if that's 
this year. I would say I would say this. I think in light of the season that was, the Cardinals would like to have them both back for 2021. The challenge is going to be that Yadier Molina wants more than a one-year contract. Mm-hmm. I think Adam Wainwright would do a one-year contract. I don't think Yadier Molina will do a one-year contract. Um, so it, it sort of depends on whether or not they feel like they're at a position to turn over a new leaf. Um, if they do, I don't feel great about the starting catcher situation next year, but you know, it's an adventure. They're going to have to do it at some point. Um, but Adam Wainwright certainly still has a, a viable place in the Cardinals pitching puzzle. If you know, they choose to bring him back. So I, I, I would like to think that because of this season, a little bit of sentimentality <laughs> is allowed in thinking, okay, let's bring them back so that these guys who are legends and future Cardinals Hall of Famers, if not in Yadier Molina's case, and a Major League Baseball Hall of Famer, uh, you know, doesn't doesn't have their last remembrance of playing in St. Louis as, you know, cardboard cutouts and fake crowd noise. Um, but that's not really the way that business works generally. So I don't know how much that really comes into play. I would just on a personal level would like to think that it does to some extent, but a lot of that is going to depend on the players and what their, their feeling is about the extension of their careers and the, their worth in terms of dollars and cents and, you know, whether or not they are in a position to, look at what the organization needs, not just what they want as players. And that's all their prerogative as, you know, the athlete driving that conversation, but it's the prerogative of the card of the Cardinals also to say, look, we can't, we can't commit to X. And, um, I can see a scenario where they can't come to terms because the Cardinals are really good at doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I would love to see them both back next year. If for no other reason, than these two are the heart and soul of this current generation for the Cardinals and to send them off without any fans in the stand seems like there's absolutely no justice whatsoever. And I'd like a little bit of justice now and then. <laughs> it would be nice. Again, the finances are what they are. And, you know, we've, we saw the Cardinals let some front office people and scouts and, and such like that go and, you know, it's going to be, I, I agree with you. I think Adam Wainwright is definitely one that would do one of those, what he's done the last two years, uh, some sort of base salary and some sort of expanded salary based on starts or things of that nature. But Yachty is Yachty. And I, I'd like to think he would take a look at the fact that this market is going to be tough for anybody and realize he's a 39 year old catcher. Um, and that's not usually the people that get big contracts anyway. Uh, much less in such a depressed environment, but it's Yadier Molina. Um, and you don't necessarily know what he's thinking. And he may have more of a cachet with some teams that, you know, especially a, a team that has young pitchers. Um, I just have problems believing any other team's going to let him pitch or catch 145 games or yeah. whatever. But, yeah. you know, who knows? Again, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that as the season wraps up whenever that is. But uh, until then, Cardinals play three games against the Padres this week. So when Tara and I are back with you next next time, we'll know the results of that pretty much. And uh, hopefully we're talking about even more Cardinal baseball going forward. But until then, I'm Daniel. That's Tara. Good night.
Hey, Cardinals fans, thanks for listening to this week's show. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under Podcasts and click Subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in baseball heaven.